This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We bring you none of the hot take BS. We bring you best. We bring you sports. I don't care about bragging rights. It just introduces more volatility into the equation. I don't care about victory laps. Stop it. Please stop it. <laughs> Throw the football into the floor. The BetQL Network presents your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper, Ken Barkley. If I have an opinion, I'm just going to go put money on that thing happening. And your host, Nick Costos. Every single play of every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. It is You Better You Bet. It is a magnificent Monday. It is Nick Costos, it is Ken Barkley, and it's you here with us on the BetQL Network. Simulcast for the next two hours by our friends at Stadium and a bad hours of uh, two hours of wagertainment. It will be coming your way. We'll be joined next hour by Matt Moore from the Action Network and the Buckets Podcast and Drew Dinsick, betting analyst for our friends at NBC Sports, talking NBA and a little National Football League with our friend Drew Dinsick as well. We'll get into what we saw this weekend in the National Hockey League where I kind of think Jake Ottinger and the Dallas Stars about to go on a serious run. Also a little high right now, on the Buffalo Sabres, uh, they play tomorrow night against Florida, and I can't wait to bet Buffalo in that game. We'll talk college hoops coming out of the weekend where all the best teams won. And maybe it's just going to be like the four best teams at the end. We'll see how this goes as we head into the NCAA tournament. Three weeks from yesterday, Selection Sunday. We'll continue to roll through the latest rumors in the National Football League. Scouting Combine about to start in Indianapolis with a lot of the big wide receivers and quarterbacks announcing their intentions to either work out or not work out at the Scouting Combine. And what we've heard about the Chicago Bears and what the Bears might do with the first overall pick in the draft. But we start this hour by continuing what we did in hour number one, talking the National Basketball Association. And we spent a lot of time, Ken, last hour talking about Nikola Jokic, the favorite to win NBA MVP, and the Denver Nuggets, the second choice at BetMGM, our show sponsor to win the NBA championship. Let's talk about the team that's the favorite to win the NBA championship at our show sponsor, BetMGM. And that team is the Boston Celtics. Winners of eight straight games, now with a record of 45-12. and 12. Destroyed my Knicks on Saturday in what felt like a really bad matchup for the Knicks because they play like only four guys right now and the Celtics are really deep and the Knicks were going to be tired. So Boston keeps up its sterling run of form. And I know, Ken, that you had a pretty strong betting thought as it regards the Boston Celtics by any metric, by record, the best regular season team right now in the NBA. Yeah, I just I asked a question to a couple people earlier today, and I I gave it to you on our list of topics that we uh, we talked about earlier today, where it's like, well, what's interesting about <laughs> you were like, what's interesting in the NBA? And I gave you like 11 things Be like, OK, I think we have enough for today. I think we're doing pretty good. Um, and the way that I framed this one w- was in the form of a question. And I go, if the Celtics just win every game the rest of the season, they're really not going to win any awards. They're going to win none of them, like none. 
And the answer to that could just be like, yeah, because like Jokic is going to win MVP and Dagnall's going to win coach of the year and Gobert's going to win defensive player of the year. Like these are set things and it doesn't matter how many games the Celtics win. They're not winning any of these. I just think it's like the awards markets in the NBA are getting stale is the wrong word. They're just, to me, they're becoming correct or I agree with them would be the right way to put it. A lot of the favorites are really entrenched. They look like they should be the favorites. Like Victor Wenbanyama should be a really big price to win rookie of the year. He has like nine blocks every game and Chet Holmgren's great, but like that price is justified. Gobert, defensive player of the year, same argument. Jokic MVP after the last three games, same argument. Maxi most improved, like weird award, probably the same argument. Malik Monk, six man, I think same argument. Maybe should be a bigger price. Uh, Curry clutch, same thing. Dagnall coach, same thing. Like, okay, like there isn't a vulnerable favor right now. What could change between now? Because it looks like all these guys, like these players are probably going to keep playing about at this level. We play about 60 games, 55 games. That's probably not going to change a lot. What could change that would throw you a late curveball into how people feel about stuff? And I think a potential answer to that, and I don't even know how this would play out, but I do think it's worth thinking about if you like betting this stuff. The Celtics still... 12 losses right now, right? And you check me on that. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. Think about it in terms of number of losses. They still, I know there are a lot of games left, but they're awesome and they're healthy. And if they get through the next like six to eight games, they've got Denver in there. They got, it's like one of the tougher games is they have Philly at home. They just opened like 14 in that game to give you an idea of how these are going to go. Like I just, there's a chance they just kind of win a lot to close and maybe they drop a couple games. But look, like this team has the chance to be not just the best team in the league, not just the best team in the league by multiple games, a, his, a historically good regular season team, like one of the 10 best teams ever by regular season measurement. They still have a chance to do that. And if they do do that, then like what happens? How do we talk about them? And I think this is where it's not really where the Tatum discourse is coming from right now. The Tatum discourse is coming from like, it's a it's a, a hot button, hot take kind of a topic that you'll get a reaction from someone out of because like he's not going to win. Like, I, I think that's actually one of the least likely awards that they would win if that happens, because his performance won't be nearly as close to like the other guys. They have a to win out, to make. right? They have to, go, they have to like, win the they, next 25 games, go we'll like 70 and 12. If they if they won every single well, let's play it out, because I, I think like I, let's shake some beliefs up here a little bit. Let's say they won every game the rest of the season. And of all the teams that could do that, they would be your first pick. If you had to say bet on a team to win every game the rest of the season, they'd be your first pick. I don't even know who the second pick would be. Like They're the only one that you'd even think about it. And they're not going to. They'll drop a, at least a couple games. Okay, if they won every game, do you think Tatum would win? Like he'd be one of the two choices at the end. It'd be like, Hammer, do you want to give Jokic his third, right? I, I, but like, so, but if, if they're going to go 25 and 0 to end the season, which by the way, they would in this year, and believe me, it is hypothetical, they would close the season on a 33 game winning streak or whatever. They win like, they don't have to yep. go 70 and 12. Do you have the schedule? I can get it. In like, right, why don't you bring it up real five quick? seconds. Because I'm going to ask a couple right. questions and then let's go through the schedule. We can go through it really fast. So like, here's what I would have people think about. I got it. Not, not this has to happen. Great. We'll do it in a second. Not, not that this has to happen, but like, we're headed toward a lot of the, basically all the favorites in the awards markets. I think we're headed toward all of them are on a path to winning. And there isn't anything that's very obvious. Like Dagnalt can lose because the Timberwolves win every game the rest of the year. But like, even if the Timberwolves are one and they're two, I think he's going to win anyway. But like, what can shake up all this? As we go through this, if they win every game, who would win MVP? 
who would win defensive player of the year, who would win coach of the year. I think these are all like, these need to be talked about. Not that you have to bet them, but I think let's go through the schedule. So just give me their record too, and we'll play are it we out. Mike in the Ma- are we going to Mike in the Mad Dog this? No, because every game I'm going to say win. We have to figure out literally where the like even possible losses are. All right, let's do it. So Boston, 45 and 12 right now. All right, right. So and tomorrow... just again, like point spread wise, they're, they play the Sixers don't have Embiid, I understand. The Sixers aren't like, the Sixers are probably like the 17th best team in the league right now or something. They might be better than that. The Celtics just opened 12 and a half against them. Just to give you an idea of how impossible some of this is going to be. Like might we're be looking short. for games that are two possessions. Like that's, like that's what we're looking for here. So anyway, sorry, go ahead. All right, so Sixers tomorrow night. And then I'm, I'm going to stop no. doing the dates. I'm going to say no. Uh, I'm gonna, so here's what it is. I'm going to, instead of win-loss, I'm going to say no if I think it's a game that they are, like, I, I, I would count it as a win. I'm going to say no. Like, they won't lose it. And I know they're going to, like, they could drop a game that we're not expecting. But, like, let's play it out this way just to see what we get. Or, like, what, what are even possible losses? This is not a team that loses I'll, to bad teams very often, too. I'll, I'll give you just a, you better you bet with Nick and Ken here on a Monday talking Celtics. I'll tell you what I will do. I don't know if the Sixers will win tomorrow night. I'm going to play Maxi over. I think Maxi might score like 40 tomorrow night and they lose and the Sixers it's lose. Tough. But I think he's he's the only guy who can score and it's the best defensive backcourt, one of the best defensive backcourts ever. Ever assembled. They're bad. Yeah. Uh next game, home Dallas. Possible. Possible okay. loss. Uh next weekend, I think this is this next Sunday, rematch from the yeah, NBA finals the a couple of years ago. Too. The tougher game, home tougher golden, coming up right now. Yeah. Home Golden State. Yep, possible loss. Uh, at Cleveland next Tuesday. Possible loss. I think there's a Denver coming at, up soon. At Denver's the next one. I think that's next right. Thursday's so, game, the late game. So four, four possible losses. This will kind of go to like what I'll say at the end. Yeah. Uh, at Phoenix. Sure. Um, at Portland. No. At Utah. Home Phoenix. Sure. That's six. Uh, I'll skip the next two. All right. At Wizards versus Pistons. We'll skip those. Um, versus Milwaukee. Yep. Uh, at Pistons, at Bulls, at Hawks, at Hawks, at Pelicans. Well, at Pelicans. Yes, at Pelicans. No? Call that number eight. Yeah. Okay. Uh, at Hornets, no. Uh, home Thunder. Yeah. Yeah. Nine. Uh, home Kings. I mean, they'll be a big favorite, but okay, 10. Yeah. Uh, home Portland at Milwaukee. 11. Home Knicks. Uh, I mean, like, is Honestly, it? They, they were six and been, a half on they, the road. They've yeah. been railroading the Knicks all season. I would actually say, like, the Celtics will win that game. I mean, that I, I don't want to count the Kings either, but, like, I'll, I want to call it 10 up to this point. I don't want to count the Kings. Kings at home, they're going to be, like, 10 in that game. Yep. And then, uh, and then the two game used to end the year. Right. So my point in saying this is like, you might be like, well, you just gave like a lot of potential losses. Like, what are you talking about? If they win half those games, like they're under 20 losses for the season, they're losing, if they lose half of them, you know how That'd many be 17 is? losses? Yeah, right. Like, I'm just saying, it's like, like they're not going to lose half of them. Spoiler alert. They're going to win way 65- more than that. Yeah. That would right. put them at 65 and 17. Right. By the way, 65 would put them as like the 13th best team of all time, by the way. Just to like throw that out there. So like what happens if it's 66 or 67 
Like I just and we some of these games that are in there, like if it's a but yeah, I'm saving that one for you. What happens when it's like when it's a home game, like we like the Kings game we brought up, some of the other home games, like yeah, like D- Dallas would be a great example. Kyrie homecoming game. Boy, there would probably be a lot of nice things yelled at that game. So like the the thing about that game is Dallas's ceiling is absolutely high enough that they can go in there and win that game. Clippers went in there and won. Minnesota almost went in there and won. Denver went in there and won. Absolutely the ceiling is high enough. But the spread is very large. <laughs> that's at least that's gotta at least be like a seven and a half. At least in terms of how that's lined. If the Celtics are fully healthy, they have a couple back-to-backs, but the back-to-backs aren't bad. I think the way that they end up playing out. I think they only have like one that was even like a remote problem in terms of who they get the second night. I think they get like Charlotte on one of the second nights. It's just like a weird, again, this isn't the most likely thing to happen. I'm not even framing it that way. But if you want something that's going to shake things up at the end of the year, wait till this team wins 68 games and everyone just, and like, really? Like voters who I know are analytically driven and I know we're like, I think everybody's like, oh, well, they got their guy and all the awards. Like, that's who it is. The idea a 68-win team wins nothing is just, I don't know, people are going to be into that. I don't know if they're going to like be like, well, I don't know, like Derek White and Drew Holiday are both all defense-level players from previous years, and Gobert's won seven of these already. And the Celtics just completed one of the best regular seasons of all time. Maybe it's what's Minnesota's record. What if they're the two or the three? Like what happens then? Would they give it to the one of the guards? Like they gave it to Marcus Smart a couple years ago? This is spitballing, but like this can happen. Like they can win these games. What does really? It's Dagnalt for sure. It's never Missoula who has the best winning percentage of all time of any coach. Can't Can never be him. Can never be him. Like, I think, I honestly think we might have to reshuffle. If they, like, let's get through this next stretch, right? They play Phoenix, they play Denver, they play these teams. Let's say they drop, like, one game, but they win the rest. Missoula need to be the second choice to win Coach of the Year behind Dagnall because well, he's the me, only guy me, who can win the argument. Let me let me, so let me ask you this question. I want to give the prices for the two guys you talked about for Defensive Player of the Year. Derek White is 50-1 to 1 right now, and Drew Holiday is 250-1 to 1 at BetMGM for Defensive Player of the Year. But let's, I want to focus this on MVP and Coach of the Year. So let's say Boston goes 65-17. and 17. Let's just say it like that's what it is. Which is the low end, Mo- by the way. More, the low end. more likely to win his respective award, Tatum MVP or Missoula Coach of the Year? Missoula by far. I'll tell you why. Uh, I think there's a lot of voters that vote for MVP that take it really seriously and are very analytically driven. And I don't mean analytically driven like they're, you know, they're looking at stuff that the rest of us don't have access to. These core metrics that everyone knows about now, like these drive a lot of who wins um, or at least drives like who gets to be in the discussion among because Embiid wasn't first in these last year, but he was close. That's the idea. You want to be close. And Tatum's not Tatum's not close. Tatum's behind like Jalen Brunson. Like Tatum's Tatum's behind Porzingis on his own team. Like I just the idea that it's like, well, it has to, and I know we're like people are talking about him winning right now. So maybe that one feels more possible. Like I, I don't know if a team can win like 67, 68 games and like not maybe that means Missoula comes in second. And Dagnalt wins because, I mean, to be fair, the Thunder are going to be the one on the opposite side. It's not like they're not giving it to Missoula to give it to some bum instead. But just it doesn't make the discussion a little like what's more interesting right now, Bickerstaff or Missoula versus Dagnalt? They're not priced like that. What's more interesting right now, Finch or Missoula versus Dagnalt? They're not priced like that. Like I just people think like Finch gets the one, like that's his path to victory. The way people talk about this, I don't even think he wins when that happens anymore. Nobody seems to think that that's talking right now. So like that who wins who wins an argument against Dagnall? 
two people are talking who vote who wins an argument against them there's only one guy probably the way this is going to play out i think the thunder are probably going to be the one or they're at least going to win a, a lot of games maybe they're not the one they're, they're projected to win a ton missoula can actually win an argument because he could be like great i won 68 period like the end i don't think that means he's necessarily going to win he's the only even guy i think that's in the argument right now and just uh if they win a couple more games you gotta start thinking like that this is all i i'll tell you what if you like sports this right here, this, this is the show for you. Uh, <laughs> this is, this is maybe we'll talk a, couple, <laughs> talk a couple NBA divisions coming up next, Pacific and Central. Are there bets to be made? We'll discuss on the other side. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Fox feeling it. Oh, he lost possession on the way up. Regained it and scored. It's a bonus. The rest Ooh. of the Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. The ESPN courtesy of the call. You know, DeMonte Sabonis leads the NBA in triple doubles this season. Pretty yeah, amazing. He's, he's incredible, by the way. Like, if you look at the all-in-ones, there's, like, all the MVP candidates, and you'll, like, be like, all right, first, second, third, fifth, sixth, like, who's fourth? And in all of them, it's like, oh, it's Sabonis. Like that's that's who's like up there and all the the guys like unbelievable that that call by the way I think that crew I didn't have the sound off was it I think that was Beth Mowens and Bob Myers was the two it's definitely Beth Mowens that was definitely Beth Mowens but, voice, I, but yeah. I think they had Bob Myers do I think so I don't want to say oh, it's L A and that's where he would be to do the show so like Washington Commanders general manager Bob Myers part part of the like presidential committee on finding the next yes, organizational yes, yes. hierarchy and, and, right. and up next it's Celtics Bucks with Mark Jones and Joe Shane going to be awesome right. can't wait <laughs> yeah it was like Mike Breen and Ron Wolf <laughs> would well, be like his kid by the way just like in like the nepotism NFL thing and I actually people yeah. speak very highly of him Ron's kid his son Elliot is now like the de facto GM of the Patriots as like final say on personnel oh. Elliot Wolf yeah and pe people think he's good people think he's like great yeah not like good like great like like Bet Mayo coach of the year great you know I I don't know what they're I don't know what their plan is. Like, are they going to? Their plan might be bad. Are they going to draft? Yeah. I are the. I, I'm not convinced they're going to be bad. Like, if they trade Kraft for Fields really and then old. draft like Harry, is that definitely the plan? Yeah. yeah. And they 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 just they need some juice on offense, and if they get some juice yeah. on offense, I think they can they can at least win like <laughs> like seven games next year. They need like a supermarket aisle worth of juice all of on offense. Yes. <laughs> all of it. All, all the juice. Yeah. And some, yeah. and some mayo, apparently, also. Um, yeah. We'll get to the NHL. We'll get to College Hoops. Great guests joining us along the way. We'll get back to the National Football League a little later here on the show. But uh, the highlight that we played coming back from break, the Kings taking it to the Clippers last night. Uh, now, the Clippers are still in first place in the Pacific Division. They're one of the favorites to win the NBA championship. The Clippers are four games up on the Kings and the Suns, seven and a half games up on the Lakers, eight games up on the Golden State Warriors. And the Clippers, where if you were listening to the show like a number of months ago, you got them at a very nice price to win this division before they went on their nuclear run. Um, minus 3,000 the Clippers are to win this division. The Kings at 20, the Suns at 25, the Lakers at 150 to 1, the Warriors at 250 to 1. We could talk Central Division in a second as well, but um, Ken, I know you think this was a really important win for the, for, like basically Clippers win that game and 
stranglehold big time on the division, maybe now a little more interesting in the Pacific. Right, because yeah, I think everybody's been in this situation before where you, you make a bet in any sport early in the season, and maybe it ages well, maybe it doesn't. If it ages really well and you're you're in the kind of the catbird seat or you're you know you're doing really well, you're always thinking about uh, you know playing defense, right? Or do I need to bet on a second team? Do I need to do that? You want to hold out as long as possible, obviously, if you can, because you're cutting into how much money you would win. And I think a lot of people have like a really negative impression of hedging. I do in in some situations I do. Like you made a great bet, like play it out would probably be how most people would would look at it. But if I really like think something is true, then I'm gonna if the you know if I if even if it's a hedge, I'm gonna bet it. This one's really tough just because the prices are so outrageous on uh the the other teams that are not the Clippers. So Nick gave you the standings there. It's also worth noting if you look up by by any measurement remaining strength of schedule, however each site likes to do it, and they're basically like kind of uniform, mostly just based on how good the teams are this year. All of these teams have impossible schedules remaining because they all play each other and like they're in the toughest division. So the schedules are going to look at, I think literally all of them have like top 10 strength of difficult strength of schedules. I don't know if that's the recipe for this getting crazy, I don't think it's going to get great. Like, no one got hurt for the Clippers. Paul George didn't play last night, but that didn't seem like a, a major thing. It just seemed like he didn't play last night. And Norman Powell played instead and and scored okay, but just they, they're they not quite the same. And the Kings were – it was a great story in that game. Mike Brown told Moens and Bob Myers – I think it was Bob Myers – that they were – before the game, he goes, we're going to double Kawhi on every single possession. And they started the game in like six minutes, and they go, we can say this now because the game's going. Mike Brown told us before the game that they were going to double Kawhi on every single – and it like really crushed the Clippers' offensive efficiency. Some of their guys couldn't hit open shots last night, couldn't play very well, whatever. Um, I don't my, – my analysis here is – I don't think this is going to get crazy, but I was not even close. I didn't. I don't even open the standings in the Pacific Sundays because I was just like, well, the Clippers got it, whatever. And now I at least like you're in the well. I got to open the stand. I got to like think about this a little bit now, just with that win last night to compress things enough. Everyone's schedule is so tough. It just my guess is everyone probably has some off nights, and it doesn't let a team. You need a team to get like white hot, make up four games in twenty five against like some tanky teams that everyone's going to play. There's really not a lot of opportunity to make up ground. I don't think it can happen, but now this is like, at least got to be on your radar a little bit. Like it's four games. This isn't the Celtics in the Atlantic. Like this isn't something that's done basically like this has a chance to compress a little bit. I'm not betting anything yet, um, but wanted to talk about, I have some other things with the Kings. I think are interesting. Yeah. And I, and I want to, I want you to talk about the Kings in a second here. I just want to say this about Phoenix because I think, you know, most people will hear the prices and, and look at the standings, right? Where the Clippers are four games up on both the Kings and the Suns right now, Kings 20 to one, the Suns 25 to one. And I think a lot of people will say, well, I want the team that has Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. If I wanted to bet a team to try and like chase down the Clippers in the Pacific division, Ken was saying that the schedule is impossible for all these teams. Like the like the the Suns schedule is going to be brutal coming toughest, up here now. Yeah, they so the they have a yeah they have a duplex spot coming up against the Rocket. Uh, well, actually, no, they 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 lost to the Rockets recently, right? Is this wrong here? Yeah, literally, uh, they literally lost the Rockets like in their in their life uh, before oh, so, the Lakers. Yeah, game. so they. Yeah. I I just wanted to make sure because like I I bet them on that was the game on Friday. I bet them and they lost. Yep. They play the Rockets. I just want to make sure this was right. They play the Rockets in a duplex spot two more times in the coming up here in their next two games. Which so bad, maybe they win bad. both those games. Yeah. Right. yeah. Then it's a home Thunder at Denver, home Toronto, home Celtics at Cleveland, at Boston, at Milwaukee mixed in there, at Denver a little bit after that, 
it's not easy for the Phoenix Suns. So I want to say that about Phoenix because I think that's the team that a lot of people right. will, will gravitate right. towards. What do you have for us, Ken, here on Sacramento with Sabonis, De'Aaron Fox, and company? Yeah, the award that the Kings seem to be up for this year. So last year, De'Aaron Fox won Clutch Player of the Year. Mike Brown won Coach of the Year. They were one of the surprising teams in the league. Uh, obviously lost in Game 7 of the Warriors in the first round. And so expectations were raised this year. And so they're, but you know, some of their players have still played very well. Sabonis is having a great season. And I'm like the all-star snub conversation is uh, like a sore subject probably for a lot of Kings fans with Fox and him. And like, how, how do you not get both almost? But, uh, but they're just not up for a lot of awards. Sabonis is just like an all NBA, maybe like a third team, all NBA center, maybe because Embiid's not going to hit the game's requirement. Like maybe that's how he kind of fits into this. And they're not, they can't be up for coach of the year anymore. The guy won last year and they're just good again. Um, you know, like they're, they don't play any defense, so they're not going to win defensive player of the year. Their, their thing is like Malik Monk is the favorite right now to win sixth man of the year. And I think there's some disagreement even among people who bet about whether this is a market worth attacking or not. And I think it's really interesting. And so I think part of it is like you, you, you know, the first question we try to do in, in betting markets is, is there a vulnerable favorite? That's like what we try to identify first. It's usually the easiest avenue to find a market that you want to make bets in. Like, cause like right off the bat, do you disagree with the most likely player to win? I think there are, I don't know if anybody would say no to this right now that like Malik Monk is not the most likely player to win, but I think there are some people who are like, well, it's really close or the way it's going to play out at the end of the year with who wins a lot of games, it can get close. I just, I have trouble figuring out if it's not him, who is it? And I feel like people kind of just deviate back and forth like a, the slightest breeze moves you on to another candidate. And I'm like this too, where like some, some nights I'll watch games and I'll be like, man, maybe Karis LeVert really can win six man of the year, like a great game the other night. And then some I, nights I, I'm like... I looked at his box score, Ken, and then I looked at his right. game log, literally preparing for the show, and I was like, well, maybe right. not. Maybe not Right, Karis exactly. LeVert. But there, but there, you catch... It's kind of like uh, you catch a team on the right game, you think they're going to win the title. You, you catch... You catch a, the sixth man candidates in the right game. You, think, you catch Norman Powell the other night off the bench. He has like 21, 24, whatever it is. You're like, oh, like maybe. And the problem, right, is consistency with all these guys. And that nobody can seem to have like five games where they play really well in a row and seize grip of this award. So who does it fall back to when that happens? Okay, like there are two main criteria that I think a lot of people know that if you want to bet into these markets for six man of the year, these are fair. Just think about it. Like who, who tends to win six man of the year? Uh, a guy who scores a lot off the bench. That's like a pretty easy criteria to, to measure and has been true historically. And then also team success tends to be like a bizarrely important factor in this. Uh, nobody's ever won this award, I think, or maybe one previously going under 500. The average winner tends to win like a lot of games. Like it's usually one of the, the better teams in the league. And this is where the disagreement comes in. Cause I think people look at the seed for the Kings, the success off the bench you get there. Like I think of the teams that are remotely good, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Monk score the most points of those players, and they're the two favorites. So that's not really where the argument comes in. The argument's like, well, yeah, but Sacramento might be like the eight seed, or they might be like in the play-in. Would they give the award to a guy on a team that's in that round? And that's where you get disagreement, which is really fun. Uh, where I'm kind of settling is, unless someone like blows, like knocks our socks off here for the next 20 games, and can, even does it in like three straight games, then... Yeah, I think they're going to give it to the guy who's going to be in the seventh seed and in the play-in and whatever, because he's just, he makes the most sense if you take team success and scoring off the bench together. 
he it's him and Hardaway, and Hardaway's trending way down, and Monk is just doing his thing. You know, 15 a game, 16 a game, occasional 20. They're pretty good. It's just like really safe. Um, so I, I think like I think there's this is the award I've seen the most discussion on. Like, I want to bet that guy, I want to bet that guy, I want to bet that guy. And I just uh I'd like to just see more consistency before I would really like be a, a firm stink. believer that we have a right. And to be fair, Monk kind of stinks too. Like he's but, not that good, like, but he's just the least like, if, if, right. if Utah were better, I feel like Clarkson would win. Like it's almost right. like well, he like, scores like, the most Clark- by far. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Right. Bogdanovich. Like these were two really compelling candidates. It's just, oh, by the way, the teams are miserable. And you even saw that like yeah, the Lord Atlanta. Poll, right. Yeah, which like like there's like a, a poll that I don't think had many voters participate. Also, is he gonna and start now? You... I could be wrong about that, but with Trey out, is Bogdanovich gonna start now? That so that would be my guess. But like even even putting that to the side, because like he's not going to win anyway. So, but like even if he did play off the bench the rest of the year, I think even what like this limited polling told you is, hey, like neat neat points per game. It again, it's that team success angle where people that like Monk and Hardaway got the most votes in this small poll. It just at least it again emphasizes how important team success. Like you got to at least be in the playoff chase. So unless I get three games, five games, anything consistent at all. And how about not like Levert next game is like 0 for 7 for two points, which happens all the time with him. Can we get like a little consistency? Then I think you could, I think you could turn the tide on this. I think there's someone who like somebody could make that case. Just everyone's been so bad. No one's done it yet. And if no one, we're running out of time, clock's ticking. And if nobody does it, Monk wins. Like that's who wins when it just stays the same. He wins. Something's got to change, and nothing has changed yet. Uh, I got, I got something for you here. You better, you better hear with Nick and Ken. So earlier oh in the show, I was earlier this hour. We played out. Okay, what if the Celtics go supernova here and win a sure. billion games oh, down this the stretch? Kind of like what happens? What is this one going to be? Okay. The, the, well, this is actually like in the realm of possibility, as opposed to like well, the, the Charlotte Hornets win every game the rest of the season. It's, um, not, the, it's not the case of the Celtics. It's, like Al Horford's it's not. not yeah. It's not the Celtics. What if? The Milwaukee Bucks go nuclear down yeah. the stretch in Supernova. Uh, Bobby Portis is at a massive price, and he's actually as a, a string of nice statistical games here, including the two games coming out of the All Star break that that the Bucks have won. So Milwaukee right now, I'm just bringing up the standings here, and also they're they're plus one twenty to win the division. Uh, I I think they're going to win their one game behind Cleveland right now. I think Milwaukee's big time on the come here. Milwaukee is looks to be almost certainly a top three seed at worst, maybe the two seed in the Eastern Conference, either the two or the three. Um, and if they, let's say they win 20 games down the stretch here, they'll have almost 60 wins, they'll have 57 wins. Giannis probably not going to win MVP. Doc Rivers obviously is not going to win Coach of the Year. Does Milwaukee get rewarded at all for anything? Could Bobby Portis win six base 125 to one right now? This 57 was, this is win Milwaukee same. with Bobby Portis over eight seed Malik Monk. Here's, I don't know if he can win. Can I make a prediction? I bet he's the next guy we all gravitate toward. As like, not even that he's going to win. Just like, well, maybe. I think like collectively, I bet we're, I bet we're all going to do that. Well, we just did it with Nas Reed. Like he was, he was (laughs) 125 to one. He was 125 to one, just like Portis. He doesn't score very much, just like Portis. Portis is under 13 points a game. Like, they're both kind of the same. The teams, like, it's almost like you use the team success instead. Well, who are the great teams? Maybe they'll give it to one of those guys. And I'm just just not sure they're good enough. I just am really not sure. But I will say that my last point on this, 
okay, like, here's how things are right now. Monk is ahead. I think if it ended today, he would win. What can turn the tide in the next 25 games? Marketing. Promotion. Like, Brogdon won in part last year because Tatum is on social media. Missoula is on social This is the sixth man of the year. I don't know if a lot of these guys care about winning this, but if somebody does and their teammates go out of their way to, like, put it... no, There are no campaigns right now for this award. And maybe Monk starts one. Maybe somebody else does. Like... That sounds so stupid, but it's a stupid award. Maybe that's how somebody wins it. Who's going to win the Central Division, Cavs or Bucks? Close, I guess Milwaukee, but I don't feel like that confident. You get plus 120 if you want to make that bet. A little more NBA coming up next. Maybe we'll do some hockey and college hoops, or maybe not. The NBA stuff's really good. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. (laughs) On the BetQL Network. The last second layup by Nunn will be just a footnote as the Houston Cougars come to Waco and survive in an overtime thriller. 82-76, your final. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. My fellow Greek freak, my fellow Fordham Ram, the great Spiro Dinas with the call this weekend on CBS. Yeah, great he, call the game. He was awesome. He was yeah, he's, awesome. He, he's great. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's awesome. Who, who and, did, and, was and he with Spinarkle? I don't remember. Ian's not with Spinarkle anymore. Because now Ian's like Which doing is... the main. Because yeah, see, they they broke that duo up. I think it was Spiro and Spiro and Spinarkle. Um, I I so who's Splendid? who's the number? Who is Nance doing the? Uh, so it's Raftery and Grant Hill, right? That's that's the main team. That was the main team. Yeah. Okay. What is it now? Like I, I think I think they well, Ian has been calling games because they've been trying to like my I think they put him with Grant, I think, but I'm not sure about so that. So it's just so Raftery's off now. It's just it's just Ian Ian Eagle Ra- and Grant's Raftery will call the final was doing four. Raftery was doing stuff. Who did he what did he have? Creighton Yukon with who was that? Kevin Kugler? Yes. Is that who called that with team? Kevin Kugler. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know if that's how they've chosen to like break everybody up or what they're gonna do, but I think like the pieces are probably still moving, would be my guess. I I'll tell you what, CBS, grow up, like be be men, be women. Put Jim Spernarkel right. in with Ian Eagle to call the final four. Oh, like, why are we breaking up one of the most iconic Spinarkle. college basketball teams of all time? Seriously, I mean, we all I grew up watching Ian Eagle and Jim Spernarkel. Now we're gonna we're gonna break this team up? Nonsense, Bobby I say. Spiro and him, spirit like Baylor made that run in the second. What was it, like a fifteen zero run or something? I mean, a huge run in the second half of that yeah, game. Yeah, made me made, made me pretty sick because I bet was. Houston. <laughs> Spiro was like, yeah, I mean, like you, it was just, you were sucked into the television. I mean, you like couldn't help it. I mean, it was just, and part of that's the crowd. Can we get a different camera angle though at that game? I didn't what is mind going it. on? I got to tell you, oh, I didn't no. mind it really. Yeah. Cause I love sitting on the Jumbotron looking straight down. That's how I like to watch. My I didn't, games. I, like, I, what, I didn't who, hate Now look, this? I, I wasn't like this is like I was flipping between like a bunch of different yeah. things, but like I, I didn't I didn't really mind it. Also, like the first half, I was very happy because I bet Houston and they right. were up by a billion. <laughs> you could shoot it from any angle, could shoot it uh, upside down. You'd be like, great, go go, go Houston. <laughs> Sounds good. I tell you, I the, the Houston survived that game, and then and then obviously just like just left them in the dust in overtime, and overtime, like a great play. overtime by Houston. And then and we then, won uh, Kentucky, and then we won. We, I. <laughs> So we didn't do this in the opening segment because we ended yeah. up doing all the NFL news. And if you missed it, check yeah. it out in podcast form. Um, Saturday, this past Saturday, 
I felt like the only thing that was missing was like like the bong on the table, like a couple like forties of old English and all my friends in college. Like it felt it felt like one of these old school. Now I was watching by myself, really, like in my house because you know I'm I'm an adult at this point, about to have a kid. So like those those the halcyon days of youth are a little bit behind me at this point. But it felt like one of these old school days, and by the end of it. I'm thinking, man, I can't wait for the NCAA tournament. That was all I was yeah. thinking. And and I and I wasn't da, 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 just betting. <laughs> yeah. And like we were betting hockey. Like I had the under in the Stars Canes game, finished two yeah. one, Dallas won that game, had some NBA also. But Saturday was like a throwback betting day, and it just reminded me how much I love the winter sports. And for as great as football is, and it's my favorite thing, when football's gone, now we get to like really, really like plug into the, like a different matrix now. Like this is the matrix sure. now. And it's really great. I had a great time on Saturday. Helped that yeah. I went like seven and one with the bets, but a really fun right. day nonetheless. I was going to say like Alabama scores 117 and they win. Wake doesn't shoot the free throws. And that's significant to some. Uh, I remember being like, I can't believe they're going to open a favorite. I'm going to bet them anyway. And like, that's a me, me, the luck box over here every, yet again, uh, just keeps happening. Like that was great. Yeah. And I, I didn't bet Houston Baylor. You, you texted me before and you go like, what are you betting the game? And I go, no, like I would only bet Baylor, but I don't want to bet the game. And you're like, great. I'm betting Houston. (laughs) (laughs) It's like my favorite Nick text where it's like looking for information, but also like, no matter what the information is, like the delivery of the message of who you're going to bet. Well, that wasn't necessarily information. I was just curious what you liked. Yeah, it's like, what do you like in the Super Bowl? Oh, man, I think the Niners are going to crush them. Oh, great, Chiefs money line for me. Have a great day. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, well, yeah. I just want to see what you liked in the game. I sure, Tyler, sure, same sure. Thing. It's good. It's good. Uh, yeah, Tyler was like uh, was uh, was texting back and forth with us, too. So, yeah, I mean, like a like a throwback day to your point. Watched Definitely watched more college basketball Saturday than I had watched combined almost so far this year something like that because i'd only i think i only watched like uconn marquette the week before and maybe one of the albert kentucky maybe watch like a, a bunch of stuff which was uh which was really fun and like you mentioned follow that up with nba all over the place on on saturday night and especially yesterday that like a ton of nba yesterday it's been uh it's been great it's been a great run so here's kind of what I wanted to talk about with college hoops coming off the weekend. Sure. Um, you better you better hear with Nick and Ken. And we'll talk about Kentucky in a second. Um, we bet them. It was awesome. They scored like a, a billion points. Um, maybe lining up as one of these paper tigers, right, as we approach the NCAA tournament. But And admittedly, and we talked about this last week, the show, and I, I'll speak for myself, I've gone from like zero to 60 on college basketball with the NFL ending, just all like the space that the NFL takes up in our brains, like doing the show that we do Um, with the NFL done. And then with our week vacation following Monday after the Super Bowl in the rearview mirror, like it's college hoops time now. It's the winter sports, right? And it's college hoops as we kind of ramp up for the NCAA tournament. So I have not been like watching all year the way that some people do and like God bless those people. So this is just the observation of someone who's now been really paying attention, really close attention for a little bit now and trying to cram in as much information as I can plug into the matrix, right? Um, I look at the top four teams, Houston, Purdue, Connecticut, Arizona, and three of those teams have taken losses recently, right? Purdue lost last Sunday to Ohio State. UConn obviously got blown out by Creighton last week, and Arizona lost to uh, to what, Washington State a couple nights ago. They all followed it up this weekend, and Houston had beaten Iowa State on Monday, and then the win at Waco on Saturday. Purdue 
beats Michigan and blew out uh, Rutgers right on Thursday. I bet Purdue in that game. Connecticut blows out Villanova on Saturday. Arizona blows out Washington. And hopefully, if you listen to the show on Friday, you bet an early number on Arizona because that game closed like 17. Oh, dude. I said it was going to go dude, up. Dude, not, yeah. it didn't just go up. It went up like three points. Yeah. Let's forget the other times where I say it's going to go up and then like it just doesn't or it goes the opposite way. But that one, I got I, that one. I got credit I for that it, one. Because I got a text from my buddy Mike, shout out to Mike at yeah. the Barley Crew, who's like, should I lay 17 with Arizona? I'm like, well, I, I think I bet like I mean, I 15 said yes, and a half. No. I would have said yes. <laughs> I said yes also. And they're up by 18 and like, and yeah. I, what Washington makes a layup with like 30 seconds left to make it 16 and they run the, and, and, and you just lose, which, which sucks. But uh, Houston, Purdue, UConn, and Arizona all win this weekend. And you look at the rest of the teams in college basketball at the top. Um, and look, like Tennessee has this kid connect, with a, which is a great name, and he scores a billion points. Also, it's Rick Barnes. I, I don't. Is it just like these four teams? And it's just going to be like one of these four teams, and like maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. I, I don't know if I want to make a case for another team, Ken, outside of that, outside of the big four right now in college basketball. I would join you in not making a case for anybody outside that group, for sure. Uh, and I, you know, <laughs> I have a. I have more criteria this year than I've ever had to try to like weed out who the good teams are or the compelling tournament teams. I guess would be a good way to think about it because like Purdue is a really good team and I'm I don't want them. And uh, if they made the if they made the title game, I bet on the other team probably, uh, depending on who that was. So like I'm I'm good on them. The other three though, and this is I did a little bit of this with the PJ last week. You and I did a little bit of it. It's it's a bad betting opportunity when like who we think is going to win and who the betting market thinks are going to is going to win is the same thing because then like well then what do you bet like oh like oh this team's a 10 point favorite yeah i make them a 10 point favorite too okay then this sucks we should find another game to bet like we should find something else to do and this this is i hope not going to be like that i like pray that some this things get reorganized in such a way where there's like something fun to do cuz my only like compelling thought is I have some criteria that tell me that Purdue is a really bad bet and that I don't want them. And that's it. So UConn and Arizona specifically. And then also I can't kick Houston. Like statistically, I don't want to believe in them. I think there are things about them that are really undesirable as a tournament team, but look like the resume is the resume and they're like number one in almost everything. So like they, they can't just be ignored or dismissed. They have to at least be part of the discussion. You take those three teams and like Circa and Vegas opened a will, what was it the other day? Will UConn or Purdue win yep. a two-way yes-no market? Like if, I mean, I think Jeff Benson listens to the show sometimes or whatever, other sports books. Like I'm praying, can you put Purdue with someone else or put the put the other three teams together and you'll have a customer? I mean, really? Like if this is going to stay like this? But I can't, like that's a terrible bet for me. It's like one team that I kind of like and one team I'm absolutely dead set against. Can't bet into that market. Um, I don't see a team right now that's like a game away from being in that tier where I'm like, Hey, I know we spend a lot of time on those three. Let's think about this other team. Duke would be the closest, which is really funny. Cause like we're going to like fall into a court storming discussion here with Filipowski and like, whether there's even an injury here that's worth discussing, like he is their best player. So if he were to be hurt or like have an injury that would keep him out, or if it ends up like lingering, whatever, that would be a significant thing. But like, they're probably, them and North Carolina are probably the two teams. And actually, I would throw Marquette in there just like statistically. And I know Marquette got worked by UConn last weekend. But those yeah. would be the three teams 
Where That's if it's my like, team. hey, in the in the next two weeks, not that they have to play way over their skis, like where they have to just like totally be the number one team in the country, but just better. Kind of like what the Nuggets had to do for three games, if you've been listening to the show. Like they just these those teams just have to do that. And I think they can be in this conversation. I don't have anything that excludes them for that reason. So those are the three teams I would add to the group that you kind of laid out there. Um, I, I'm happy that you said Marquette because Marquette is the team that I'm thinking about right now. And like, and we'll find out a little bit about this Marquette team moving forward because four regular season games left before the Big East Conference Tournament. Two of them will be at Creighton. That's coming up this weekend. And then at UConn, or excuse me, home UConn in a rematch of the game that we saw last week Revenge where game. UConn blew them out. Um Marquette non-conference this year was ridiculous. Beat Kansas yeah. when Kansas was the number one team. Ran them off the court. One on the road at Illinois. Ba- barely lost to Purdue when Purdue was the second-ranked team in the country. Purdue obviously is still ranked very highly. Thumped Texas. Like they're awesome. Kolick's awesome. Cam Jones is awesome. They've got like a, a guard that controls the game in terms of his passing. A guy that can score thirty points on any given night. A, a head coach that's been to the Final Four before. I think Marquette Ken is my team outside of the four. If I had to pick one to penetrate the bubble, I sure. would pick Marquette. I would probably pick Duke right now, but I think Marquette is is compelling. I think those are the, them in North Carolina. Those are the three you kind of have to be like. What are the next two weeks like? And maybe this opens up a little bit with the number of teams that can win. Right, and Miami, Miami plays North Carolina later tonight. We'll talk about that in the mm. Power Hour, but hour number three coming up next. We'll start at Talking NBA with our friend Matt Moore from the Action Network. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.